everyone and welcome to this episode, the Procrastination One of the Women Talking About Learning podcast. I'm Andrew Jacobs. One of the many things I'm doing at the moment is writing a book and this topic relates so hard to me right now. I'm getting really good at re-diarising my writing for the next day, the following week, the following month and so on. This episode discusses the art of delaying the inevitable, so let's delve into the why, the how, and should I be doing something else right now instead of putting things off? We have two great guests to talk this through. Our first guest is Katie Knoll. Katie is a Florida mathematician, a two-time TEDx speaker, a professional member of the National Speakers Association, an accredited master trainer and practitioner in emotional freedom technique. Our second guest is Anna Svitak. Anna is an organisational psychologist working as a learning advisor for Shell and, in her own words, is a master at procrastination. She's passionate about topics such as motivation, growth and curiosity and in her work focuses on creating a supportive environment for her colleagues. This episode was recorded in late October 2023 and we thought it would be a good one to put out just before Christmas so you have plenty of time to listen to it. This is Women Talking About Learning. This is Katie and Anna talking about procrastination. Hey, Anna. It's good to see you all the way across this oceans. And uh, we're talking about procrastination. So I think we kidded about coming in late, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So Anna, tell tell me a little bit more about what you do all the way over there. Yes, so um, I'm a learning advisor at Shell, and so I just got to make a really quick, maybe slightly annoying um, claim, but I'm not representing the company all views on my own. Just quickly getting the mandatory one out of the way. And um, yeah, so I'm definitely a procrastinator myself, which is why I think this is a perfect topic to be talking about. I'm an organizational psychologist by background, and um, so I'm interested in all things about uh, motivation growth and uh, yeah, i think procrastination is is a big part of motivation and doing things so uh, very excited to be talking to you about this today how about you you know it, well i think it's interesting that you use the word perfect talking about procrastination because <laughs> <laughs> what i found is that people that aim for per, uh, perfection are usually the ones that are headed into procrastination. What about you? Have you seen that? Yes, I fully agree with you. I think what really turned it around for me in terms of procrastination was to realize why do I procrastinate? Um, That it's not just an issue with not being able to plan things the right way, but uh, that it's really a question of why. And I think sometimes trying to perfect something is what can hold us back on actually getting started. And so I think fully agree with you there that when we try to perfect anything or when we try to go for perfection, um, we sometimes fall a bit into the trap of, uh, yeah, it becomes too big to even start. When you see, when we see people who are procrastinating, and I'm definitely one of them, and I don't even try to attain perfection, but I enjoy procrastination. Sometimes I just procrastinate because there's so much on my plate. And I kind of look around and go, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start, right? I mean, I'm thinking right now, I've got photographs laid out everywhere because I'm trying to organize 52 years of photographs. Uh, And that got started a few weeks ago. (laughs) So I think in addition to perfection, sometimes 
just having so much on your plate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And some of it is just trying to, um, I think, acknowledge that you're procrastinating. But when you can't acknowledge it and when other people kind of are like pushing you into it, what do you, what do, you do with that, Anna? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think sometimes procrastination can be a good thing. Sometimes you just got to yeah, prioritize a little bit. And sometimes it's good to just leave things be for, for a day or two, sometimes even a week, just to kind of get back the creativity or whatever it is you need to do. So I think sometimes to just kind of push back a little bit and tell people, yeah, I've, I've got it. It's still on my list. It's still something I'm, I'm planning to do, but it's... Um, yeah, it's okay to just let it be for a second. Um, that's, I think, what would be my my go-to. But um, yeah, that's only been recently the case. I think for quite some time, I would still try to come up with reasons. Oh, but this is why I can't do it, or this is why I didn't do it. <laughs> so yeah, I think accepting that you're procrastinating and that sometimes it's an okay thing it's part of it's part of the yeah, journey, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I, I so agree. And and sometimes, you know, I know I'm procrastinating, but when other people bring it to my attention, sometimes I I just like the hair goes up on my neck and I'm like, ah, you know, you don't have to tell me what I already know. But I like what you said about just responding to them and saying, Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I'll get to it. <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes when our procrastination affects the work of others, you know, like right now, my photographs all over the place are not adversely affecting others. Um, but if company were to show up this week, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to clean up that mess really fast. But yeah. 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 I was just reading... Um, a book, Atomic Habits, uh, this recently, yeah, by James Clear. Have Have you read that already? I have not read it, but I followed his um, email course that he had on, on the topics. I, I know a little bit about him, yeah, and the yeah. topic. Yeah, and he talks about how to change habits. And I'm not sure we can ever, quote, cure procrastination. And I agree with you. I don't think that we always need to. I think that sometimes we just need that that space, that that distance from something to be able to come back and and do something cleanly and and make that break. But I was very appreciative of how he gave specific steps because people say things like, oh, just change your habit or stop procrastinating. And it's like, it's so hard to do. It's like, you can't just stop something you've done all your yep. life. I mean, how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of practice, but I think it's yeah, it's it's about all the it's about yeah, how you really turn it into a habit so that it becomes something automatic. And in the beginning, that's hard. But after some time, it becomes better. And what I quite liked, I read a blog post by him as well, where he showed a bit the pain curve that goes up the more you're procrastinating on something but it goes down as soon as you start doing it and that is something that I've realized for myself as well that sometimes it's not even about finishing it but just starting whatever I've been procrastinating on can take away it's not physical pain but this guilt feeling this annoying feeling in your head of oh I still have to do this or yeah someone coming up to you and reminding you 
that there's still something that you've uh, that you've been procrastinating on. As soon as you get started on it, apparently that goes uh, goes down again. And yeah, the more you do, the more the pain curve goes down. But that's what I thought was quite quite an interesting thing, and makes me think more about okay, I guess I just have to get started on things. And sometimes, yeah, I really like the slogan by Nike: "Just do it." That's sometimes a little bit my mantra of just do it, just get right. it over with. Yeah, like um, let's see, there's a book that was written. The pump, it's not the pomegranate mm -hmm. method. It's oh, I can't remember the name. Andrew, I'll need help on this one. There was a book that was written about taking time out, like just spending 25 minutes on something, and then taking a break, taking a five minute break, and then getting back to it. So I agree mm -hmm. with what you're saying about getting into it and just getting started. Because sometimes that's that's what's triggering the um, the procrastination. It's stopping it, just completely stopping. Because it seems so overwhelming, right? It's just more than what we can deal with. Um, it's it's interesting that the idea of just starting and and he talks about that in Atomic Habits that sometimes it's not even just starting, it's preparing to start. He talks about a story about uh, a famous choreographer who would get up every morning at five o'clock in the morning and she lived in New York City. She would hail a cab to take her to the gym where she would do two hours of practice. And she said the habit was not the two hours of going to the gym. The habit was hailing the cab. So sometimes it's just the idea of getting ready to do it that makes the difference. And I thought that was fascinating. Um, so I put out my yoga mat, which, you know, I stepped over on the way. <laughs> Procrastinating getting to my yoga. <laughs> I think um, I've got the yeah slightly annoying habit sometimes to yep over prepare on things and by that procrastinating to actually get started on something so i will make a thousand different to-do lists and projects project plans and different things of how am i going to go about this that um yeah i procrastinate on actually starting so it's uh, yeah you can also overdo the preparing <laughs> But um, yeah, I like I, I do like it as a bit of a routine of a habit. You know what? That's a really good point, Anna. Sometimes we spend so much time getting ready to do it that we don't actually start it. And yeah, guilty. <laughs> oh, there's one more thing I can do before I start it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> One more uh, article I need to read on how I could bake a bread instead of just trying it out or uh, one more thing I need to fully understand beforehand. Yep, I'm definitely good at that. And I think <laughs> as women, sometimes we may do that more than men, that uh, I'm not ready. I don't have enough information. I, um, I'm not qualified enough to move forward. Um, all of those not enough statements, right? Um and moving through those, finding ways to get past that. I know uh, I was in my late 50s when I went back to earn my PhD, and there was a lot of not enough going through. <laughs> Talk about procrastination. Uh, and, um, and for me, one thing I did is I just kind of looked around, and I looked at all the other people and what they were doing, and I thought, I can do what they're doing. And so 
it wasn't necessarily comparisons. It was just a way for me to see that I was enough, not in a judgment way, but in a way just to kind of make me feel like I could accomplish this. Um, and when I think about procrastination, this is so funny. I think about being 11 years old. <laughs> this still haunts me on. <laughs> I think about being 11 years old and um, I was sewing. I was learning how to sew then. And there was a dress that I was about 75% finished with and I never finished it. And it haunts me to this day. <laughs> Yeah, I think as master procrastinators, we all have our stories of uh, when we've noticed that this is a, a thing. Yeah. Now, how about you? Do you have anything yeah. like that that you? Um, yeah, I think for me, especially the irony was it was even about procrastination. Um, I had to. It was in university, and I had to read academic papers just to prepare for an exam. And we had these multiple choice questions. It was literally just memorize academic papers. And um, yeah, instead of reading the ones that we were assigned to read, I read them on procrastination. Oh. I still ended up reading academic papers for an hour. <laughs> but that was the moment where I realized, yeah, I might have a problem with this. <laughs> how ironic. That is so funny. Yes. <laughs> I'm just curious, how did you do on the exam? Um, I think still okay. I, I was still that was still the phase where I thought that procrastination was good and putting myself under time pressure would um, would just help me in my performance, which is not always accurate, or at least not if you really wait till the last minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, somehow I always managed to just still get through it. <laughs> you know, isn't that unfortunate that um, some people like us are rewarded? for procrastination. Mm -hmm. And you don't need many of those rewards to be able to say, oh, I'll just take care of it later. I know it's been in my later years that I was like, you know what? I know it's due in a week, but I'm gonna get it done today. And it's just, it's been such a sense of relief that doing it early and getting it done so I can cross it off of one of the multiple lists I have, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Including the list of which lists I have. <laughs> Yeah. recognizable <laughs> yes yes um and being able to to do that but that didn't come to me until later in life i uh i was very successful at procrastinating and and it worked and because it worked right um that's a that's a behavioral issue that i i learned um and then it wasn't until i and i don't really think i got burnt yet by it it's just that Going back to what we talked about earlier, I had so many projects on my plate that finishing them earlier gave me time to work on the other projects. Now, are you naturally a procrastinator? Yes, definitely. I think for me, I realized, yeah, when I started my first job, I've, um, that, yeah, within learning, I rarely ever had proper deadlines of, yes, there are some deadlines and there's a bit of an expectation of when to finish something, but if it's late a day or two, nothing is really going to happen. Right. Um, so that's when I realized, okay, I need a different way of going about this because if I don't have a proper deadline, I'm not going to get started. 
So that's when I really had to change my ways and try to figure out, okay, how do I do something right at the beginning instead of waiting till the last day? And sometimes it's, it's still just making up deadlines and telling a lot of people about a fake deadline so that I get moving. Um, but yeah, and the other thing that has really helped me is to understand that I'm not actually avoiding the task, I'm avoiding the emotion that comes with it. And so sometimes, yeah, if the emotion is that I'm not sure if this is a project I'm able to do, or if it's nervousness or it's, I'm feeling overwhelmed, sometimes even the feeling of being of boredom or something, when I understand that, then I can figure out, okay, so what do I need to do to get started on, on this project? a lot better and that has really helped me to yeah get started a little bit earlier because it's my procrastination most of the times isn't just isn't um most of the time it's not just because I'm not in the mood for it there's always something more behind it so uh, that has really helped me and I love what you said that it wasn't the the procrastination of the project it was it was the emotions of it. And once you recognize that and you can deal with the emotions and then that takes us off to a whole different place, right? Is how do you learn to control the emotions instead of having the emotions control you, right? Yeah, no, it's not, not an easy, not an easy thing, but um, has definitely changed a lot because I think we both said it, right? That we have uh, lots of to-do lists lots of plannings and yeah things of how we can get started earlier or how we can do things more efficiently but at some point that doesn't help anymore and uh, yeah you'll just end up doing more to-do lists so uh, that's when I had to change it you know I think that you were right on because what it does is um, there are so many techniques for stopping procrastination, for instance, the Pomodoro method, uh, yeah. the Pomodoro technique, um, or you know um, the Atomic Habits, and they're focused on how to get through the techniques. And when you bring up the emotions, that's a whole different ball game, and it allows you to to consider that okay, our emotions are what's keeping us because you know we all know right in our hearts in our heads we know how not to procrastinate and yet we do it and so i think you're right on target when you talk about the emotions that's fabulous yeah no i fully agree with you i think it's it's very much we all know how not to procrastinate it's as easy as yeah we just got to start the project that's how easy it is it's just yeah, just sorting through the pictures or just writing the email. That's not the problem. Um, so, yeah, I had to, yeah, you need to go down an extra layer and uh, look at look at the emotions and, yeah, not let the emotion guilt take over, take over too much, yeah, of not doing something. And, and there's such a variety of emotions. So you, you talked about, you know, overwhelm and things, but there's also fear. Uh, fear of being successful, fear of not being successful. There's anger. There's anger that I don't want to do this. So it doesn't matter what emotion it is, but it's an emotion that's tied to our survival. We have them all stored in our amygdala, right? In the back of mm -hmm. our brain, our lizard brain. And having those emotions stored there are meant to keep us in survival mode. Procrastination sometimes can help us survive, but not always. <laughs> <laughs> and so how do you how do you deal with that 
procrastination, that, that, that negative emotion that's stuck there. Now, it's interesting because I was reading about why we have the negative emotions stuck in our brain. And when you think about, you know, when we have hope and joy and love and all these great emotions, why don't those get stuck in our brain? And it's really because when we've had those negative, and I, I hate to say the word negative, but when we have those strong emotions that are keeping us from moving forward, which basically a lot of the negative emotions are, um, it's because of survival. We've, we've, they've come up because something else happened and our, our body, our brain said, I remember when this happened and we were, it caused us to feel angry. So, you know, I remember when somebody was taking advantage of me. And so when I, they gave me this project, I feel that same anger all over again. And what's interesting is, uh, okay, so this is going to like, we're going to stretch your brain here. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so uh, I, I do a lot of work with emotions. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just got so excited about it. I do a lot of work with emotions. And a lot of people will say, well, I'm not really sure what the emotions are. And it's when somebody shared with me that, you know, we have a whole history. Our body has a whole history of emotions from the time we were born on. But, okay, listen to this, Anna. This is like, hmm. Okay, so if you think about our grandmother, right? So mm -hmm. when our, our grandmother, um, when she became pregnant with our mother, um, our mother was born with all of her eggs. So everything that our grandmother um, experienced during the pregnancy is embedded in our DNA, in our egg. And then when our mother was born, Everything that she experienced her entire life is embedded in our DNA so that when we get to the point and we look at all the photographs lift everywhere and we feel this incredible um, feeling of fear of this all too much, it may not have anything at all to do with my life. It may have been something that happened during my mother's life or my grandmother's life or who knows how many lives ahead of time. And so when we have those negative emotions, those, those emotions that are keeping us from moving forward, it may not, we may not know the cause. We may not know the reason. And so what do you do about that? How do you, how do you get rid of those emotions? Yeah, that is such a fascinating point. I remember, I think I read about that study that was done. I don't remember the name of the authors right now, but I think it was, yeah, it was about trauma and how you can experience or how you react to trauma a lot more quickly if a previous generation has been uh, predisposed to to trauma already that um it's so fascinating to to hear and see about these things and yeah it makes it a lot more difficult to when you then sit here and procrastinate on a task that you have to do right yep and maybe you don't know why that is the case. Um, and it's just, yeah, makes it a lot more complicated and shows why there's so many people who still can't get rid of procrastination um, because it's so complex. And a lot of people have what they call intergenerational trauma. And mm -hmm. that's, that's really what that all comes out to. Um, a, a, great, a great story that was told to me in one of my trainings is that you know, Anna, if you and I were in a building and it caught fire, we'd know what to do. We'd call for help and we'd get out of the building. If we were 15, we'd probably do 15 years old. We'd probably do the same thing. If we were 10, we might. If we were five, maybe we would, maybe we wouldn't. 
But if we were a five month old laying on, on the carpet and the place went on fire, our bodies would know that we were in some kind of survival mode. And maybe in the corner, there was a red trash can. Our bodies are scanning everything and they're using all their senses to remember everything. And we were saved. We're an infant that got saved from a fire. And years later, we go into this beautiful room and in the corner, there's a red trash can. And as we walk in the room, we automatically feel uncomfortable and we have no idea why. Because I don't remember anything from five months old. Shoot, I hardly remember anything from five days ago, Anna. <laughs> but, you know, our, but our bodies remember. And so sometimes when we procrastinate like that, we don't even know that emotion that you were talking about, what, why it's causing us to procrastinate. And so doing a little bit of psychological digging, if you will, to find that out can be very interesting. But yeah, you might never find the exact red trash can that that is what is triggering you or why it's triggering you or why it's making, why it is making you feel uncomfortable. But I think just the emotion of something is making me feel uncomfortable. It's already quite a good, yeah, extra insight to have. And then that can help you to at least dig a little bit deeper. Okay, so what's behind that? Um, and yeah, it's evolution, right? That's why that's why we've got this. That is why we remember all these negative emotions more strongly to uh, keep us safe in the future. Right. And it's interesting. Um, I was reading about triggering, mm -hmm. and I read something. Uh, somebody suggested something called glimmering. So for people who are procrastinating and feel triggered by something, and they don't know why or they can't explain it, they may reflect on something called glimmering, which is thinking about the things that are joyful and happy and loving. So they may think about the projects that they did complete and how they felt when they were finished. They may think about um, the responses they're going to get when they complete things. I really have to get those photographs done, Anna. They're really bothering me. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to take a picture of the mess they are now and <laughs> then take a picture of what they are afterwards. But I love that glimmering, that when we feel triggered by something, to take it a next step up and think about the same situation that maybe is in our past, that we may have forgotten, that we can glimmer on, that we can, that we can say, oh, you know, I remember that one time when I didn't procrastinate and I got things done on time and how fabulous that felt and how it opened me up for more opportunities. So I just love that phrase, glimmering. Don't you love it? Oh, I, I absolutely love it. This is, yeah, this is amazing. I think this is probably another thing to, how to go about procrastination, instead of only trying to look at the emotion, but also, okay, so how is it gonna feel when I, when I complete this? How has this felt the previous times when I've actually managed to, to complete something? And um, yeah, just to, oh, look, I've already done this once. I can do it again. This is okay. Yeah. I was safe after all. So uh, yeah, absolutely love it. Glimmering. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to use that more often. <laughs> so let's glimmer together. <laughs> so Anna, as we're finishing up, tell me something that you can glimmer on. Tell me a big project that you finished that you can glimmer on. 
that you thought you started to procrastinate, but you were able to glimmer it. Yes, of course. So at first, I can, of course, only think of all the projects that are still open and that I'm currently procrastinating on. <laughs> but um, I think I need to think about this for, for a second. But if you have one, go ahead. While you're thinking, while you're thinking, uh, this is a great process that I do every year. It's, it's I think of 10 best things that happen during the year, very hard to do. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't think there was anything good that happened this year, right? And then you think of 10 things that you wish there were the outcomes. And this is this goes against our survival technique of thinking, of thinking about the 10 best things. So when we think of 10 things that we initially procrastinated on and then were able to complete, it, it takes time to think about those things um, because what we're focusing on are the 10 things that we have or that we are currently procrastinating on, right? Right? So tell me one thing that you procrastinate on that you're excited that you completed. Um, okay, yeah. I think it's been, it was one within my work and um, it was something that was definitely outside of my comfort zone because it was a bit more about marketing of how do we market certain programs to to everybody so that it's actually interesting for them and that they want to join them instead of making them mandatory or anything like that. We did not want to do that. Um, so I said, okay, I want to do a proper marketing campaign around all of this. I'm going to go into the different team meetings and talk about what we've got. I had a big plan, a thousand to-do lists and project plans and everything. But then when it came to the actual doing of, okay, so I need to come up with a slogan. I need to actually do all the branding. I need a SharePoint page and I need to actually contact the different leadership teams and say, I want to be a part of your meeting. Can I have 10 minutes? That's when I started to procrastinate on it and was a bit of, I don't know if I can do this and was very much out of my comfort zone. But um, yeah, we've completed about a month ago, at least the marketing campaign. And we've got about 20% uh, of the target population signing up for our programs. And we were expecting a lot less than that. So it was, uh, yeah, quite a surprise for us, but it worked out in the end because, yeah, I pushed myself a little bit of with it, just do it. It's scary, but just do it. That was my uh, my mantra throughout the months, and uh, it worked out. That is amazing, Anna. Congratulations. <laughs> you know what? You need to type that up and put that up uh, above your, where, so you can see it every day, and it's your glimmering of procrastination <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> I like glimmering. Now I'm feeling a lot more positive and a lot more... I yes, now, now I want to do all the things that I've been procrastinating on. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, my, so my glimmering is when I, was, uh, when I was 18 years old, I made a list of five goals I was going to accomplish by the time I was 25. And the first one was I was going to earn my PhD at 25. <clears throat> Here's reality, Anna. <laughs> we had three children. When my youngest child was 25, I was able to go back to school. <laughs> I had been out for 30 years and was able to go to school. And as it turns out, going to school as a mature adult is super easy because there's so many things that you worried about as a young adult mm -hmm. that are taken care of, right? 
Um, so my glimmering is finishing my PhD at the age of 59. Oh. And I finished it uh, in four years while I was working for, full time. Oh, wow. That is impressive. So, yeah. So, so the thing is, is to define a glimmering that will help you through the procrastination. So I think we've done an amazing job, Anna. You have brought us from thinking about procrastination to thinking about the emotion that was in procrastination. We've talked about um, uh, the different emotions and how sometimes emotions aren't even ours or where we don't even know where they come from. And then we've uh, brought it around, uh, all the way around to focus on the glimmering, the procrastination that we've uh, actually accomplished and how we felt about it. And just like you, I think I'm ready to tackle, tackle those photographs now. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, especially with, yeah, doing a PhD in four years while working full time, then the photographs must seem like nothing now. <laughs> you know, but there's some kind of emotion in there and I, I'll have to sit and think about it and see, see where that's coming from. But, uh, uh, well, Anna, it's been such a pleasure to be able to have this great discussion with you and to get to know you. Um, and I'm just... I'm thrilled and honored to talk with you about procrastination. Thank yes, you. No, I've very much enjoyed this uh, chat with you and uh, took out a lot from it. Now I know about glimmering and we'll uh, definitely use that more often. So thank you very much. It was absolutely a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks so much, Anna. I'd love to know what you thought when you saw the title of this episode. It's so very easy to put things off and the I'll do it later mentality just causes delay. Kate and Anne's insight to this topic was great and I really hope you enjoyed listening to this wonderful conversation. As always, you can find Katie and Anne's details in the show notes along with links to some of the topics they covered. Women Talking About Learning is a real passion project for us and we want to showcase new and diverse voices talking about the things that matter in learning. We're especially looking for new voices and people who haven't done anything like this before. We're recording more episodes in January and we have a range of topics we really want to fill. If you're interested, then please do get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. We're taking a break now because it's Christmas and we will be back on the 9th of January 2024. And next time it's the senior management one. It leaves me with nothing else to say other than a Merry Christmas to you all and a Happy New Year, and as always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.